what it's like to remember. I remember when I was younger and I was part of all of these different spiritual circles exploring and the big term was, do you remember? And it's about remembering who you really are as if it was something that was available to know and maybe you somehow missed it and maybe you could start to remember it if you knew that was something to remember and if you could potentially tune in to the channel upon which the frequency of your unique soul was being expressed. Interestingly, it wasn't hierarchical like those who remember are the special people. It was more like an inevitability that if you stayed on the path and you did your work, you would eventually remember who you are. Now, when I think of remembering who I am, of course, I think about soul and I think about the way soul carries information from lifetime to lifetime, depending on how you think about it. There does seem to be something about soul that is infinite while the body is finite and when the soul crosses through the veil of form into incarnation then we end up with the soul inhabiting a finite vessel that will eventually return from matter back to energy and then the soul is freed again from that particular mortal coil and then goes on to do whatever it's doing next. There's all kinds of theories about this, and I'm not actually here to espouse any one particular theory about what soul uh, does when it's not incarnating here. My fixation at this point is what happens when the soul is incarnating here, and what can we do to come to terms with who we are, and then to inhabit identity and consciousness and voice. And what happens when we have a world of people who are not connected in with themselves, whether that's remembering a pre-existing pattern, identity, lifetime, soul purpose, or mission, or whether that's simply becoming as much you as you can possibly be at any given time. Throughout my life, I've been in different um, locations in the world and different ceremonies and have often had different teachers say to me, although I haven't studied with anyone very long at all except Suhoi Sellers and my mom, Karen McLeod, they say, well, you have a lot more power available to you. Would you like us to help you get access? And I usually say no, although those are the most tempting moments when we want to uh, be given something by a teacher that we eventually will access ourselves. And I'm not against doing that, especially if that's right for your soul, but it hasn't been right for mine. I haven't been allowed to say yes to some access to higher dispensation that I rode in on based on someone else's power. Um, it just hasn't been my guidance for other people. That's their guidance. And because of that though, that's part of how I approach my own work with Musea and intentional creativity is that each person gets their own access and I'm the catalyst, but I'm not the bringer of the initiation. Each person 
initiates themselves. So while that's been my rigor personally, that's also the rigor I bring to the work that we do together as a community so that it isn't based on me and my gifts, awakenings and initiations and self-sovereignty ceremonies are through each person's own gateway and initiation, which is also a discipline uh, myself to try to create circle and space where people are catalyzed, not on my power and remembering, but on their own power and remembering. It's certainly a dance of liminality. (laughs) It really is. Um, Because there are moments when it feels the veil is thin and I'm able to open more access. And I'm mindful, though, of when people gain their own access, they can calibrate more easily and integrate. What do I mean by access? Access means you know who you are at any given moment as much as you're able to know. Access means you have done work with your consciousness such to the degree that you now can hear your voice voice more clearly. And when you don't, at least you know. I mean, that's part of waking up is the distinction of voices, both internal voices, how you treat yourself, and also external voices that you have allowed to shape your identity that at certain at a certain point in the path, you're like, oh, this one's mine and this one isn't. And this one's mine and a little bit naughty and I'm going to work with it uh, because sometimes the critic uh, can be really harsh. And so transformation of the critic into an ally, fierce ally, is part of the work of consciousness because then you know what's yours and what's not. So what does remembering feel like? Remembering feels like knowing what is yours and knowing what isn't yours. Remembering feels like knowing what your unique piece of red thread in the great unfolding is. Remembering feels like when you are ready to paint or to write or to pray or do ceremony, you have access to yourself and who you are. There isn't a boundary uh, between you and what's available to you. It is less and less fragmented over time as we repair and recover and as each one of us consciously chooses to transform our lives into legends. Because life is not simply what happens to us. It is what we do with what happens and then how we are co-creators to shape the future of our experience and being in co-creation with nature and all life on earth. We are here to become And in that becoming, relationship is the primary directive. Relationship with self, relationship with all facets of self, what I call the constellation of being, and relationship with one another and our place on earth. Becoming isn't something that happens once and then it's done. Remembering feels like a continual journey of becoming more and more revealed. It's like the sunrise starting in the darkness. And then a little by little, the golden glow begins to shed light on the hills in front of you. Becoming is like the sunrise of the soul. And so today, which happens to be, Juneteenth, 
as we remember the African peoples and the United States receiving the message of freedom. And we honor that freedom right now at Musette Gallery and for the past four days, the artist Rose Hill Jones has been at Musette celebrating African-American work as part of our Juneteenth celebration. I have always shared my birthday with Juneteenth. So today, right now, right at about right now, yeah, right now, I was born 53 years ago on the full moon in Marin County, California. My mom said it was a beautiful birth and that I came out with a big moon head looking around, completely bald and seemingly grateful to be here. And then Sue Hoya Sellers was there. She was sitting outside the window because family wasn't, if you weren't family, blood you weren't allowed in. But she was looking in the window at the whole thing and she was sitting under a blooming mimosa tree and the sun and the moon were in the sky at the same time and she actually drew out my identity's arrival into incarnate form when you have people in your life like suhoya sellers was to me and like i hope i can be to many of you who choose it's like a chosen relationship it's a remembering of each other. It's something deeper than our awareness of what it is. It's felt. The number of times people say that they remember me or that they've been looking for me is enough times that I believe that indeed we have agreed to gather. However that works, here we are gathering. Here we are learning together, becoming together and gathering in the quantum commons together. So remembering feels like sharing this message with you as I feel into all of you of, as points of light around the world and within the constellation of my being and in the deepest place within my heart. I send you this message and tell you, I love you, I'm grateful for you. I'm so grateful to be born I'm so grateful you were born and I'm so grateful we get to dance together in this lifetime. I'll see you in the next circle, beloved.